So learn how to sell, <laughs> learn how to sell and learn how to sell. Those are like, <laughs> um, whether you're, you're just starting out in business or you're thinking about starting a business, um, the, the techniques of selling, um, even if you're, you know, introverted and shy and feel like, oh, I could never sell anything. That is the number one skill in business is to learn how to sell. And the second is learn how to keep your money. It's easy to, to make money. It's another issue to be able to keep it. So learn how to pay yourself first and to manage the money that you'll be generating with your business. Welcome friends to The Entrepreneur Speaks. I'm your host, Kofi Anumedu. Each week, I host an amazing entrepreneur on their journey, successes, and challenges. It is my hope that we'll learn from their experiences as we all work towards living a life of passion and purpose. My guest, Tom Jacobs, also known as the Impact Pilot, helps business owners build their businesses through public speaking, creating their presentations, performance, and profits. He is currently engaged in the Tom Jacobs Consulting and other worthy courses. He shares his journey today on the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. Welcome to my show, Tom. It's great to be here, Kofi. Thank you. So let's get to know you some more. Uh, we always want to know our guests. So tell us about Tom Jacobs and how growing up was like. <laughs> um, is <clears throat> Actually, I had a really, um, I think, privileged uh, childhood growing up. Um, I was born in the U.S., in, in the middle part of the U.S., in Ohio. And we lived in Iowa for most of the time. But, um, you know, it, it's funny when I, when I look back at, at my childhood, I always had kind of this entrepreneurial spirit. Like ever since I was, gosh, like seven years old, I think, seven or eight, I had a paper route. Because as, as part of our growing up, like we weren't wealthy um, or rich by any stretch of the means, but like we always had things that we needed uh, growing up. And so with that said, like we never had allowances either. So we always had to work for our own uh, money and spending money as, as children. And I, I have two older brothers as well. And so we always had uh, fun little side projects that we would do, um, like a paper route or shoveling snow in the wintertime or mowing lawns in the summertime. So um it was it was a working childhood, I think, but uh, but a good one. Great, 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 great. You're also known as the Impact Pilot. Why that name? Why Impact Pilot? <laughs> it's a good story. That um, you're actually the second person today that's asked me that. Um, <laughs> it's for a couple reasons. Number one, it's not ordinary, right, to have a a title called Impact Pilot. So it starts a conversation and it was very uh, tactical and strategic to pick a name that would cause people to go, oh, tell me more about that. Uh, especially when you go to networking events or uh, you're on podcasts or, or doing things like that, people are like, well, what does an Impact Pilot mean? And so it, it furthers the conversation. You know, if I just told people uh, I'm a, a speaker coach or a sales training coach 
or you know I own a call center, um, people have a preconceived notion of what that already means. But when when you say, "Oh, I'm I'm the impact pilot," you go, "Oh, well, what does that mean?" And so then you can start the conversation. And impact pilot is basically that I can have an you know I I want to have impact on my client's business in a positive positive way. So that's where the impact comes from. And pilot, um, I am a licensed pilot uh, for single engine land airplanes. And as a pilot, you're always navigating uh, and to make sure that you stay on course. So uh, it really made sense to me both professionally as well as personally to choose that name because I help you know, build that impact for businesses by helping them with their sales process, but also keep them navigating towards where they want to go. Mm, very interesting. And I'm <laughs> sure we'll get to feel the impact as we move along in this conversation. I hope so. <laughs> now let's tell us about your 30 plus years of entrepreneurship. What kind of businesses were you engaging? Yeah, great question. So yeah, 30, I, I counted 30 years. So I don't count the paper route or the <laughs> shoveling snow or, or mowing lawns as a child. But uh, the first entrepreneurial business that I had was a mobile DJ and a string quartet business. And this was, wow. you know, back when the vinyl albums <laughs> type of DJ, not the CD or MP3 type of DJ today. But I would do uh, weddings and um, different parties and things like that just around our local area. And that, I was 16 years old when I started that. And then we all, I also played violin. And we, you know, I had three of my high school friends, and I created a string quartet. And so we would do uh, weddings and, and Christmas parties and, and things like that. And that was where you know I learned what the power of direct response marketing is. And it was before I even knew what direct response marketing is because I would go through the Sunday paper and, and when we actually had papers <laughs> to read newspapers <laughs> and I would, I would look for the wedding announcements and, or the engagement announcements actually. And so people would, you know, say, Oh, you know, Susan and, and, Jacob are are being uh, are, are being married uh, on this date, this date, and this date. They just got engaged, so they would always announce that into the Sunday paper. And so I'd go there, and I would then look up the bride to be's her address. And we had these things called phone books back in the day uh, before Google, and uh, it was the white pages, and people had their full name and address and phone number. <laughs> listed there. So I would, I would just look up the person and send them a letter and, and a demo tape inviting them for a consultation. And then during the consultation, I would sell them either the, the DJ package or the string quartet package or both. Mm. <laughs> so that was, right. that was really the start 30 years ago. And so, um, the journey from there led me to always have a, a side hustle so even when I was going to university, um, I always had like either a job or some type of side hustle that I, that I was doing. And then ultimately I went into um, uh, the theater because my, my degree is actually in theater management. And I produced probably about 11 or 12 plays uh, over the course of about two years in Chicago. 
And during that period, you know, I was still working in a corporate environment, but quickly realized that you know the theater business is a very, very tough business. And um, either I had to go all in on it or, you know, or not, or just kind of fumble through it. And I, I decided to just kind of quit that and then go full time in, in terms of working in a corporate environment. And so I did that for about 10 years. But again, I had side gigs all the time. I had a, I had a um, ticketing business for, for local theaters and, and small local theaters in Chicago where I would um, sell their tickets for them over the phone. And this was before, you know, online ticket sales and things like that. So that was, that was really kind of an interesting uh, job and, and business. And then I had a shutters business of, um, where you, you know, build shutters for people and blinds for their windows. And uh, yeah, just kind of weird things, whatever kind of suited me. And then ultimately uh, the, the, the career that I really fell in love with, and this is kind of the idea that I, that I tell aspiring entrepreneurs is don't chase after the money chase after what you're passionate about and what you love and find a way to make money with that. And if you can't, then keep it as a side hustle. Um, I found kind of the, the physical fitness and personal training um, as kind of my passion uh, because I was overweight and uh, had health, health problems um, and then went through a body transformation of my own uh, when I was 30 years old. And at that point, I realized that I really loved personal training. I loved teaching people and helping them get healthy. And so I owned a personal training studio for uh, nine and a half years, and I sold that three years ago. But that was really my, my, my big opportunity where I had no net, no safety net that I could fall back on. So I, I quit my day job and went full in on the personal training business. And um, definitely learned a lot during those nine and a half years. Mm. Very, very interesting. You've had a very remarkable entrepreneurial journey. What has <laughs> been some of the low moments during this journey? Yeah, so uh, several <laughs> low moments. Um, share, share them with us. Yeah. So probably the, the, the biggest one was in my there were two really big ones in the in the fitness business that I had. The first one happened about six months into owning the business, and I was um, I was really struggling because I was working fifteen hours a day, six days a week. You know, I had traded my forty hour a week job that I was making a hundred thousand dollars a year uh, for a. I don't know what, what that works out to be, you know, 85 hour, 90 hour a week job, um, making a fraction of that, actually paying into the business itself. So I, I was still kind of investing in the business after six months. And I, I realized at that point that I didn't know how to sell and I really didn't like to sell. And I, more money was going out than was coming in. And I, I realized that I absolutely had to learn how to sell. So, you know, with the last $2,000 that I had on, on a credit card, I invested in a personal training uh, sales course. And it was kind of an online course. It was over eight weeks. It was kind of a live online course. And, um, you know, they, they said, well, we're going to teach you how to, you know, be a super 
closer and you're, you know, in the fitness industry and you're going to be able to sell these really big packages. And I had been selling, you know, 10 sessions for $60 a session up until that point, which, you know, six, $600 for, for each sale. And, you know, in every, every 10 sessions, I had to resell that client on another 10 sessions. And so it was always this constant like struggle. And I never knew like if they were going to renew or if they were going to cancel. So when I went through this program, they were teaching how to sell a hundred sessions at a time, like a year's worth of personal training. And it really blew me away. I was like, there's nobody's going to buy this. I I'm struggling with selling 10 sessions, let alone trying to sell, you know, 75 or a hundred sessions. I don't think this is going to work, but I'm invested in it because I, you know, I put $2,000 in it and it was my last $2,000. And in fact, it was an eight week course. And I, and I talked to the instructors or the, the, the guy who put it together. I was like, can I like jump ahead? Because my, my credit card bill is due in a couple of weeks and I really need to kind of learn the process so I can make a sale. And he, he let me jump ahead. And I had my first consultation and I went through exactly the, the whole process that they had laid out, the scripting that they gave me and, and, and all this. And it was, it was completely different than I was used to. And I remember sitting down with uh, the lady and uh, I went through the whole consultation. It took about 45 minutes. And at the end of it, I said, you know, based on my experience and what goals that you have, I really think that the 100 session package is what you need. And the investment in that is uh, $5,565. And one very important point that they that they taught was after you kind of lay out the price and or the investment and uh, and all that, just shut up. Don't say anything. Let them make a decision. And so I did that. And, and, and I just shut up for a minute and. I was so nervous. I was like, oh, I don't know if she's going to buy. And all these like negative thoughts were going through my head. And ultimately she was like, oh, um, do you take MasterCard? <laughs> like, um, yeah, I do. Why? It's like, well, I want to, I want to put it on my MasterCard. <laughs> and I think I actually said, are you sure? <laughs> and, uh, you, she paid in full, you know, I, and, and what, what really blew my mind is, here, I had been struggling with selling 10 sessions at a time. And now I was taught a completely different process on selling that was very authentic to me. So I didn't feel like I was being sleazy or anything like that. I was you know, addressing what her problems and her concerns were and fitting a program to her. And ultimately, she bought it. And she actually ended up being a client for like five or six years with us. Uh, so that, that first $5,000 investment that she, she invested in, you know, turned into more like a, a $20,000 revenue to me and the company um, over the course of her lifetime value as a client. And I would never have known that if I hadn't gone out on a limb and got some coaching around how to sell and how to sell at a high level. So that was that was both a very low moment for me in terms of, you know, not being able to sell and almost being broke and having to close a business to then almost overnight, like within two weeks of buying this program, I sold a $5,000 program. 
a $5,000 training package. And I'd never done that before. So it completely changed and shifted my mindset. And so that, that was, that was amazing. And the business grew 400% the next year because I learned how to sell. And that's the biggest thing that I tell any entrepreneur that goes into business or that's wanting to go into business, whether it's a side hustle or a full-time gig, you have to know how to sell because that's where the business starts. If you don't know how to sell, you shouldn't be in business. And if you're uncomfortable making sales, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm, 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 mm. Very interesting. So when you say we should get comfortable with selling, Mm. what exactly do you mean? So, you know, I think a lot of people, and it may be changing, but I still get this um, image of, you know, what the typical salesperson is, is either like the wolf of Wall Street, you know, make them buy or die type of mentality, just hit them over the head until they buy. Or you're the like this pushy, um, big personality. Hey guys, you want to like buy this special thing? And it's just, it. people have this image of what sales is. And that is not what really good sales is all about. Sales and, and what I learned and what I've perfected, you know, over, you know, starting with that, that first kind of, education into what sales was. And and I've read, I don't know how many sales books in the last 15 years, but it's, um, it's a process. There is a step-by-step process to go through to make the sale. And if you follow the process, you will make the sale. And I've been able to turn non-sales people that I've coached into high closing people. In fact, the first person that I taught how to sell was actually an employee of mine at the fitness business. And because I was getting so much, so much uh, clients, I couldn't handle all the sales consultations. So I trained her how to sell, gave her the scripting, gave her the questions, gave her the order in which it had to go through, went through some role play with her as well. And then she, you know, I sent her off with a, with a fresh consultation and she sold a $6,000 program on her first sale. Never sold anything before in her life. In fact, had told me, you know, Tom, I really don't want to, you know, take on this promotion because it was a promotion that I was giving her if it means selling. I was like, well, it's, you are going to have to sell. Like, if you want to continue working for me, you have to learn how to sell. She's like, okay, well, I'll try, but I've never done it before. And I taught her and she, she was, she actually had a higher close rate than me. Very interesting. Yeah. Anybody can sell. Anybody can sell. Mm. Mm. You're helping people tell their stories. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to do that, to help people tell their stories? Yeah. So it goes along with sales uh, hand in hand. Because whether you're doing a, a sales presentation to a whole group of people, like from the stage where you're doing a presentation and then uh, asking people to take action at the end of the presentation, that's called stage selling. Um, whether you're doing that or you're doing one-on-one uh, selling stories sell so much better. People get engaged with the whole process of hearing a story. I mean, I've, I've, I've shared with you you know, three or four different stories already. And you and, and your audience is probably like 
going, oh yeah, that's a cool story or, or, or not, but they're going to remember the story more than if I gave the seven step process to selling because the story is going to be uh, put into the areas of our brain that we retain a lot better. So that's why you know, when you, when we're going into a sales situation or even a presentation, I always work with my clients on, okay, what stories are we going to you know, incorporate into the sales process or even into the marketing process as well? I think some of the, you know, I get a lot of emails uh, these days and I'm, I'm on a lot of marketing lists and the, the emails that I open up are the ones that have the story. You know, I see the subject line and, and it's talking about, oh, listen to, to Jane's story. I'm like, oh, I love a good story. So, you know, I always open it up. And the other ones that, that are more like salesy or, or, you know, motivational based, you know, sometimes I'll read them, sometimes I won't, but hundred percent, anything that has to do with the story, I'm, I'm opening because I find it interesting. Mm, very interesting. So what's the right structure for a story that sells? What's the right structure? Mm. Yep. Great. So it is, uh, I follow the hero's journey. Uh, it's kind of a, kind of a common knowledge, um, or public domain kind of process of, of storytelling, but I, I, I kind of simplify it a little bit, but the first thing is that you have to have what I call an impact sentence. So that's the very first thing that you say in the story, and it has to grab the audience's attention. And when I say audience, it could be an audience of one, or it could be, you know, a hundred people that you're talking to, but it, the, the, when you're, when you first, first start the story, you need to grab their attention. And then usually that, that attention grabber is the do or die moment. You know, it's like, if I would have rephrased my, my story of uh, going broke, um, or almost going broke with uh, not learning how to sell, it would have been, um, you know, I was sitting at my desk, staring at my computer screens and my bank account, seeing a bunch of negative numbers. And now you can, with, with a statement like that, you're drawing people in and they're like, oh, why, why would you have a bunch of negative numbers? And then I could go into then, oh, I didn't know how to sell. And then kind of go on with the story with that. And so you have this impact moment, impact sentence, grab their attention and then you can go back into what led up to that problem that you had. And then you want to talk about the journey of solving that problem. What did you do? Who helped you? Did you read some books? Did you invest in coaching? What was, what was it that you did and who helped you along the way? And, and by the way, you can also interject who tried to stop you. Who were the villains in the story? Uh, and those villains don't have to be other people. They could be our own negative self-talk as well. Kind of like when I was talking about learning the sales process and um, I was talking about the negative self-talk in my head saying, oh, she's not going to buy. She's not going to buy, you know, but I just kept my mouth shut and ultimately she bought. So, you know, that's, you know, that can be part of the villain that leads the audience on a little bit of a journey. And then you can end the story with the teaching moment. So what did you learn? from it? And what do you ultimately want the audience to learn from your experience? Thank you so much for sharing this yeah. with us. No worries. So on, on, on your entrepreneurial journey, what has been the major lessons you've picked up? Number one, learn how to sell. I, I 
I can't emphasize that. Um, learning, learning the, the, the process of selling, and it is a process, um, saved my butt in terms of just my, my business. Um, because if I wouldn't have learned that high level of sales in a sales, that's very consultative. It's not abrasive. It's just, it's a process and the step-by-step to go through. If I wouldn't have learned that, I wouldn't have been in business for the amount of time that I was in. Mm. So that's the number one is, is learn how to sell. And the second is, you know, there's going to be hard times that come up. And as entrepreneurs, a lot of times we feel like we're the only ones on this island called entrepreneurship. And we're, we're not, I mean, we're not alone in this journey. There's tons of entrepreneurs, but a lot of times none of those entrepreneurs are in our social circles. And it's hard to talk to you know, our friends who might have nine to five jobs about going through it, you know, it's particularly hard time or a good time with within your own business. And they just don't understand because they, they work for somebody else. And so find groups of other entrepreneurs that you can connect with and and, and get coaching as well through, through the whole process, because getting help is okay to do for any entrepreneur. And I know we, we hear all the time, you know, especially Instagram influencers are saying, Oh, just grind through it. You can do it. You know, nobody can, nobody has to help you. you just figure it out. And that's really kind of BS because we don't know everything. We, we don't know what we don't know. And it's okay to ask for help and to get that help. However you, however you can. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. You've had a very good journey, but if you were to do this all over again, what would you do differently? <laughs> I wouldn't have sold my Apple stock. Um, number one. <laughs> um, no, I, I, you know, that that's a, that's a, it's a great question. And, and you probably won't like my answer, but I wouldn't do anything differently. Um, I, the, the journey of entrepreneurship, I wouldn't be where I'm at now if I wouldn't have had those hard times, if I wouldn't have gone through and had the failures that I've had, uh, because then I wouldn't have learned what I learned. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it would have been nice if um, I would have learned how to sell before opening up my business and, and knew that, but I wouldn't have even been ready to learn that without having the crisis that I had. So it's, um, I have no regrets with what, what transpired over the last, you know, 30 years of being in, in, um, in business and in different, different businesses, different industries. Uh, so I wouldn't do anything over because everything, everything happens. And, you know, it's, it's those that learn from the failures and the successes that grow the most. So, yeah, I I wouldn't change anything. Mm. Thank you. So on this journey, have you at any point in time felt like giving up? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's part of the journey is, you know, you're going to have some really hard times and you're like, is this really worth it? And it's at times like that, that you, you need to go back to why you started the business in the first place. You know, what, what was the purpose of you doing this? And if, 
if you don't have a strong purpose or a strong why around why you started the business, then you will give up because it's not strong enough. There has to be a really strong reason to be able to continue on, especially during the hard times. So definitely know why, um, why you started the business, why you're in the business in the first place. And if it's just money motivated, then, you know, it's probably not going to last for a long time. Mm. We're just about wrapping up our conversation for today, but I cannot leave a conversation with you without asking for pieces of advice for my listeners. So we'll do the various category of listeners I have. The first category are people who are into business. Mm-hmm. They have started business. What would be your pieces of advice for such a group? So learn how to sell, <laughs> learn how to sell and learn how to sell. Those are like, <laughs> um, whether you're, you're just starting out in business or you're thinking about starting a business, um, the, the techniques of selling, um, even if you're, you know, introverted and shy and feel like, oh, I could never sell anything. That is the number one skill in business is to learn how to sell. And the second is learn how to keep your money. It's easy to, to make money. It's another issue to be able to keep it. So learn how to pay yourself first and to manage the money that you'll be uh, generating with your business. Learn how to sell, learn how to keep your money. Mm. How about those who are thinking of starting a side gig, which maybe might end up in a full-time job? What would be your, your words of advice for them? Yeah. So first of all, don't jump all in and burn the bridges. You know, all the, you know, everybody, it, it really irks me when I, when I see uh, influencers say, Oh, just jump in, follow your passion, do all that. Um, I, I followed my passion, but I took a year to learn the business and to set the business up before I quit my job. So that when I did quit my job, I had a base kind of, you know, money coming in from the business. So make sure that you do the proper planning in place so that you can turn that side hustle into a full-time gig if that's what you really want to do. But don't just go into the full-time gig without having all your ducks in the row, so to speak, but, you know, be, have it all planned out, know what you know, what your marketing is, have your sales training and, you know, know who you're selling to get that all planned out and even start selling before you, you know, if you have a daytime job or a a full-time job before you're quitting that, that job so that you know that you're going to be okay and not being stressed around money. Because if you're stressed in your business, especially around money, you're going to be making some very bad decisions. So make sure that you have all that kind of figured out before you jump all in. Thank you very much, Tom. But before we sign off, do you have any last words for my cherished listeners? Um, it, the, I mean, just to pound this point even further in <laughs> is, you know, before jumping in, especially for, for people that are, are in a side hustle, before jumping all in, make sure that you understand the business, understand all aspects of it. You know, even, you know, intern at a current, you know, somebody else that's doing the business so that you can learn 
all about it before you start your own business because you know it's a very steep learning curve and it's better to learn from other people's mistakes than to make them yourself. Thank you very much, Tom Jacobs, the Impact Pilot, for sharing your journey and experiences with us today on the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. We wish you the very best. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. So friends, this has been another episode of the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. I'll come your way next time with another exciting episode. I remain your host, Kofi Animedu. Do take good care of yourself and let's continue to keep hope alive. Cheers. Cheers.